Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I'm your host KJ and welcome to Catalyst Conversation with yours truly. Today's episode is the final piece of our Student Union series. I had the pleasure to travel to UMB St. John to speak to our next guest who's a very opinionated student leader who has an interest in the healthcare system within New Brunswick and he helps me understand the beast while providing some interesting commentary. So ladies and gentlemen, and thems and theys, help me welcome Patrick to our show. Hey, we are here with Patrick. How are you doing, Patrick? Good, how are you? I am great. I am here in the wonderful city of St. John, in my old stomping ground, <laughs> the UMB Student Representative Council's Hume. And I am happy because we're doing a deep dive on the healthcare within New Brunswick. And I want it to be fun. I want it to be informative because this is a big, massive beast and it confuses me. However, you do a lot of work. Um, you do a lot of work in general, but, yeah. you, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but you do do a lot of work within the healthcare and like really explaining it. So I want you to first tell me who Patrick is and like why why we're here today. Sure. Um, well, I guess I'm here because I do a decent amount of work with um, healthcare system. So I've worked in it for a long time, um, but I also do some advising for Horizon Health too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I get to have a lot of input um, that goes along with that. Um, but I also do a lot of work with like students because I'm president for this SRC. And, and what's the SRC? Oh, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. So the SRC is the Student Representative Council for UMBSJ. It's so like the student union for all UMBSJ students. And we do a lot of important work with like advocacy and with like running events and offering programs and services. Um, and we're part of the MBSA, of course. Whoa, shout out to the MBSA. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you better know what that is. <laughs> so, I, I love all of this. So, you're, so like, I want to look at this healthcare mm-hmm. system that we, we, we go in. So, like, from my standpoint, from an outside point of view, I think it's phenomenal that there's free healthcare. And, like, you know, I... And that's what we like to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I look at it and I was just like oh this is great however like seeing it from um, a Canadian's point of view yeah there's definitely some flaws mm-hmm. and some ways to improve so help me understand the healthcare from a newbie like me who just is like eternally grateful that I'm not paying an arm and a leg sure. to go to see yeah. and get a blood testing well the number one thing I always mention is that I always call it the American perspective. So it's when like, um, like you know, like strong left-wing people like Bernie Sanders talk about Canadian healthcare system, and yes, it's obviously a thousand times better than in the United States, um, and but they always talk about it as this perfect model of greatness, um, and of course it is so much better than in the United States because you know everyone deserves basic healthcare. Um, but it's very messy at the same time because it has evolved over the years that we've had it and it has a lot of bureaucracy in it and it becomes very, very complicated because every province has their own system. People get different coverage and then if you think of it from a student perspective, you go to a different province, 
do you get their health care? Do you get your own from New Brunswick? Mm-hmm. Who really knows? So it's, it's very confusing. And a lot of the times, services aren't great. And okay. they are lacking in a lot of areas because it's all up to each provincial government to mm-hmm. determine who gets what, who gets how much money. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I know um, from an education standpoint, mm-hmm. like, you know, every province does things differently. So, like, is there not an overarching, like, federal jurisdiction when it comes to health care? No. Okay. So, so the federal government can, like, determine, like, payments and things like that. Um, but it's up to each province how many things. There are, like, you know, like, limitations. Like, there's the Canadian Health Act, which makes you actually, like, follow laws. So, for example, like, um, the controversy over the clinic mm-hmm. in Fredericton, mm-hmm. they're saying that breaks the Canadian Health Act because okay. in there it says, you know, you have to provide services for such and such. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like for abortion services, you have to provide that, but doesn't really specify how you provide it and anything like that. Oh. So that's how provinces get away, get away with a lot of stuff is just by little tiny changes and things like that and just eroding services over time. Hmm. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So that's, I have so many questions now. Okay. Yeah. So like my first thing in context of New Brunswick, because yeah. I feel, not I feel, New Brunswick is the only bilingual province. Yeah. Um, so how, how does this look like from a New Brunswick standpoint when you have like the Anglophone and Franklophone, mm-hmm. um, different healthcare systems yeah. working under one, does it work under one umbrella or is it like no. separate? Oh. So technically, so there's, Horizon Health Network, which is the Anglophone um, one, and then there's Vitalité, which is the Francophone Health Network. Um, and so technically the way it's set up is those are two separate companies. Like they mm-hmm. are corporations that are tasked with managing um, our healthcare system. And so they fall under the New Brunswick Department of Health. So okay. they, they, they answer to the health minister, but they each have their own CEOs. Mm-hmm. They have all their own VPs, all their own admins, everything like that, their own separate doctors and everything. So it's two separate, completely different systems that are operating within the same areas and okay. the same regions. Like Moncton, for example, like they have two hospitals in mm-hmm. Moncton, mm-hmm. but they're run completely differently. Okay. One's French, mm-hmm. one's English, mm-hmm. but you can go to either one. That's the that's confusing thing. People think, oh, I'm Anglophone, I have to go to this one. No, you can go to either one and be, and be served and you have the right to be served in either language. Yeah. I can go to the Anglophone hospital in St. John and I can be served in French and okay. everyone who works there and dealing with people has to be bilingual or there has to be someone on staff who is bilingual to deal with them. So it's not that one's English, one's French. Okay. It's that they're managed by different regions, like mm-hmm. a Francophone region mm-hmm. and an Ang- mm-hmm. Anglophone region, but they're both still really bilingual, which okay. is kind of the crazy part. Oh, okay. So how, how did that come to be? So the idea of bilingualism is something really important and quite controversial Mm -hmm. in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like busing has always been a big thing because, you know, we have two separate education systems, a Francophone and Anglophone one, and they bus in the same regions. And so the talk is always, let's save money and amalgamate busing and amalgamate school districts and stuff like that. But when it comes to health care, my only concern is that the reason why we have bilingualism in the first place, like entrenched in like New Brunswick law is that um, generally, the idea is that Anglophones do generally outnumber um, Francophones. And so the idea is that if you combine into one system, usually the, some people is going to be, a, someone's going to be a minority and someone's going to get taken over. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea between two separate health systems. So like the idea of two separate health systems, 
I think personally is a good idea. I think it's yeah. important to have bilingualism, but the way that we integrate those services and the way that we take it from like just a random citizen's perspective, mm-hmm. I think needs to be changed okay. very quickly. Yeah. Okay. So what's this perception that you alluded to that was just right there? Like what perception? Like the perception of like what someone thinks yeah, yeah. is that it just makes things confusing. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is already so confusing. You know, you have family doctors that you're supposed to go to, um, and then working within, like, in a hospital setting, like, what does my hospital provide? What mm-hmm. does an extra mur- extramural system provide? Because those are also separate things. Um, and so it's just really confusing for people. And to add another layer um, in bilingual regions of there's this hospital versus this hospital, um, what do they provide? Do they provide the same things? It becomes really confusing for people. Um, and so there needs to be some better overlap of here is the services that is provided no matter where you are and, and stuff like that. So it can just be uh, sometimes it's the same thing being repeated twice. So it can be kind of wasteful too. Okay. So putting up a lot of good points here and my whole mindset when it comes so like everyone, everyone's talking about how we're gonna make New Brunswick competitive, how yeah. we're gonna like retain folks, um, you know, bringing New Brunswick into the new age, mm-hmm. and you know, healthcare plays a big component oh, of yeah. that. Yeah. So from your standpoint, what do you think needs to happen to uh, improve improve services that mm-hmm. the healthcare the health system provides to en- enable? Um, the changing times when it comes to people <laughs> coming in um, or like, you know, just the change in demographics that the province is having? That's a big question. <laughs> um, I would say a big part of it is the fact that we're starting to split up services so much. Mm-hmm. So like Ambulance New Brunswick is its own entity. Mm-hmm. Then there's like MediV New Brunswick, which handles like extramural programs and like all that stuff. And there's like nursing, like nursing homes and there's hospitals and so really everyone's being split off and so you get the silo effect where everyone's working to improve their own services but they don't realize how those services are being used by other people like how they're managing in between this huge network of things and and so it becomes really confusing for people and they they honestly you know it's hard for them to deal with it and to to get through it and so you know you find for example like a service in New Brunswick is like uh, they have patient navigators which is like um, through Navicare um, New Brunswick, which is uh, like a non-for-profit like research group. Mm-hmm. And their job is literally to help people navigate like with complex needs through the healthcare system. Like it shouldn't be that complicated <laughs> to get yeah. healthcare, like, um, but it is. And it, it's a huge question to mm-hmm. say like, oh, what do we do with this? Yeah. Because, you know, like we have, it's so confusing. Yeah. People don't understand yeah. anything. It's wild. And I I say that, I ask that question because this is what I want to allude to, to get to, is just like recognizing that when people do look at, and I I would even say when people look at any um, public service or Mm. any issues that we have within the province, just like, oh, it needs to be fixed. And like we start, you start getting into these rabbit holes being like, okay, this is how we're going to fix it. And then we Mm. really understand like, this is a very complex system that we have created. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that is really neat. like plug for my systems thinking um, I really need to have like a systems approach to like understanding how everything intertwines with everything and yeah. it's like getting away from those silos yeah um, well I think like a really good example of that is like um, like an ambulance like people get confused about like ambulance services so for a long time people would not call 911 because they knew that they could charge like mm-hmm. you had to pay yeah. for just like you have to pay for prescription drugs you had to pay for an ambulance service to the hospital 
which to me was always crazy. Like, how, why do you have to pay to have an emergency? Like, we're supposed to have free healthcare, like, mm-hmm. but it's only free if you can get there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's crazy to me. Um, and so they introduced um, a new program where if you're not insured, then it's free. Okay. But then if you have insurance, insurance covers 80%. So there's people who are like, we have free ambulance services and they're getting bills for 20% of the ambulance costs because mm-hmm. they're insured. And so they're really confused about like the system and why they're having to pay money and other people don't. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's just so many policies that are overlapping each other and intertwined that like, it's very confusing, like who's yeah. covered for what yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. So it's just, it's become kind of a monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that the healthcare is used as a political football? Cause I, I alluded, like, I think like, for example, example education is used as a yeah. political football where it's just like you that no 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 so do you feel that and f- for those of you who are listening i just waved my hands to <laughs> to uh reenact me throwing a football uh but like do you feel like that is the case for healthcare i think yeah probably like every every time we talk about it it comes up in an election like it'll come up as we need to improve healthcare services but it's rare that you'll find anyone who actually like has enough knowledge to talk about like how we're going to do that and yeah like having more funding is great and that's really helpful but if the system that you're working under is fundamentally flawed and Mm -hmm. and that funding is going to like private corporations that operate some of our healthcare system like that's probably not being utilized in the best way so it's really it's a big like political hot topic because you know we want more beds in hospitals mm-hmm. and so we added more beds in hospitals but now we don't have enough nurses yeah to fit to attend those beds so we're closing the beds mm-hmm. like it's not it's always like batted around and it's never really thought completely through mm-hmm. and so like some things are just like to me seem really easy and simple and i'm like why don't we just do this but then at the same time like Obviously, there's some underlying reason, yeah, yeah. and it's not that simple. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, what is? Because I'm seeing a pattern um, in a lot of these situations or social issues that are happening with the province. It's just, what really is the root cause here? Like, you know, I feel like uh, this lady. I won't say this lady. Uh, I went to a pre- <laughs> I went to a presentation. <laughs> I went to a presentation, and um, we were talking about homelessness. And she used the analogy of like a river. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, like, you know, just think of a river flowing down. And then we see puppies just like in the river. And like we just run to save these puppies. We take the puppies out. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I love it. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, and I'll, I'll finish it for the, for the listeners. <laughs> um, so like, you know, the puppies come down. Like you dry off the puppies. You make the puppies feel pretty. You let the puppies into the world. And then like they end up in the damn river again. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so what? why we keep on having this issue? <laughs> Isn't it the analogy, like, who's throwing the puppies into the river? Yeah, like, you like, gotta go find them. Yeah, person? like, it's yeah. either someone throwing in the yeah. river or it's, like, you know, a hole in a fence yeah. or you maybe just need to educate these puppies, being like, you can't swim. <laughs> like, don't get into the river. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, what needs to be, and what needs to happen surrounding these issues to really start more people having these conversations? Because also, I just feel like, it's like a selection of the population yeah. who's like, okay, this really needs to fix. And everyone else is like, okay, yeah. we need to fix it. However, we don't want to like do the work. So like the big thing for me right now is like figure, like making sure people know where to go for services because mm-hmm. we do have a ton of services mm-hmm. and they're good services, 
but people use the wrong ones or they use them incorrectly. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, not that I'm tired of like trying to figure out these issues, but people will talk about things like, let's make healthcare more accessible. And I'm like, yeah, let's make healthcare more accessible. But they're like, but then you have to, then it comes in everything. It comes into housing. Mm -hmm. People aren't being housed. So they, you know, are more less likely to use, you know, healthcare services or like transportation. Like Mm -hmm. then you're getting into like how people get to the hospital, like who just have appointments and stuff. And so you get into all these social issues. So like one of my favorite campaigns from Horizon Health Network is literally just like, they have all these, this campaign where it just tells you what to do. Like, it's like, it's like, if you have this call 911 and it's like, it's like a step by step, like, like here's like all the services, like 811 emergency room. And the whole point is to divert people away from emergency rooms because people show up for not the wrong reasons, but probably not the, yeah. They're probably not, they could be served so much better for something else. Yeah. And so it's I, I, really confusing. I, I've been there. Yeah. Like, like, I've been to, like, especially when I first moved here, like, I will go to the emergency room when, like, I just went to a clinic. Yeah. And that's the issue. Like, you have, like, seven-hour waiting times in the issue, in, in the waiting room. That's what people don't understand is that um, it's not first come, first serves in, mm-hmm. in, in emergency rooms. It's worst come, first serves. Yeah, so, yeah. People are going to bump you out of the list if you're there for something that's not actually like a pressing emergency. Like mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. are coming in, in and out by the ambulance that you don't even see when you're sitting in that room. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like there's a reason why it's seven hours. Yeah, it's not yeah. that people are sitting around not doing their jobs. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. because there's people having heart attacks and like yeah. like car crashes yeah. and stuff that you don't see. And so people always get really mad in emergency rooms and, and stuff like that about like wait times. But it's because... Yeah, probably you could be served better somewhere else. And I and I hate saying that because people are scared and yeah. people want to go somewhere to get seen by a doctor right away because mm-hmm. they're scared and they they have a right to be. Yeah. But at the same time, like un- you under- gotta know where to go. Yeah, yeah. It's understanding what tool to use for mm. a certain situation. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's so confusing because there's clinics and clinics are private, and mm-hmm. it's like, what's the difference between a clinic and my and my doctor? Uh-huh. Like that. That's people don't understand also. Like so, clinics are private. Yeah, so anytime, even hospitals, this is what I, I have to get, even hospitals are private. Okay. Like, that's what people have to, like, doctors everywhere are billing based on things. Mm-hmm. So we have a billing system in New Brunswick and across the Canada, really. And so so when you go to a, a, a doctor's office, that's a private office. Mm-hmm. Your doctor, your family doctor is a, they, yes, they technically work for the government, but not really. Like they're billing the government for their services. So every time they see you, they write that down, $165, whatever it is, they bill that away. So that's why they have to pay for their own private practice. Same thing in the clinic. Mm-hmm. So it's like a shared, you know, you all pay into it mm-hmm. and you're billing every time you see a client. So same thing in the ER, you go see an ER doctor, they're billing for everything. Every little sponge that they use, mm-hmm. they're billing you, they're billing the government for that on your behalf. Wow. So it's not really like public in the sense of like, it's a system and like all these people work for the healthcare system mm-hmm. and they're being paid by the healthcare system and it's all together. Not really. They're billing the government for all their services. Yeah. That's why it's like kind of confusing that way. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and like it, and, and it's just like, it's, it's complicated. So yeah, well people don't know where to go. And yeah. that's, that's the issue. Like you get people like, that's why I love things like eight one one, like where you can call and like have a nurse talk to you because like, like, for example, okay, like here's a funny story. Like I was kind of like, remember the 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 outbreak of um, uh, what was it? What was it recently? That big outbreak where it was a contagious thing. Um, oh my gosh, 
Ooh. Why did I not remember this? Gosh. Uh, uh, what's it called? Let me look it up. Don't you need, like, vaccinations for it? Yeah, and people aren't getting their vaccines. Um, not, me- not measles. No. Where's Ashley when we need her? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we need a nurse. Outbreaks in St. John. Let's look it up. <laughs> I would stall. So we're sitting here. If you, <laughs> if you need your latest typing device, I don't know. I was going to give well, it the up. last one was there's a Legion Airs outbreak in Moncton, but um, what was one before that? <laughs> it's come up syphilis, but I don't think it was that. Oh my gosh, syphilis. Um, I really find it fascinating how STDs have very fun. They just sound fun to say. Oh my god! <laughs> like syphilis, gonorrhea. Like it just seems. Just, oh. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, they're not that fun though. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say they're fun, but they're fun to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure you folks get tested on a regular basis. And it's like even with that, like it's a super confusing process. Like you don't get like. You can't just like show up and like go to a doctor and be like, "I want to get tested." Like they have to like ref- they your family doctor will then like send you to it into like a hospital. Like it's very confusing and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. also I don't get why don't they call you? I don't understand that why they don't call. Yeah, like it's if, it, if no news is good news, but I'm always like, what if they just like miss my name or something? This is true. Like, and, like I I always want to like call them. Like no, I I call. I just be like, hey. Just call and say, hey. <laughs> like, no, like, yeah, that's true. Like, that not calling thing just it just lingers in your head. But while you're looking for that, um, so, so being that we're both within, like, the post-secondary sector, how do you feel PSE plays a role in all of this? Oh, my gosh. Like, they, was it measles? Measles. Measles. Yes. Okay, yeah. So there's a measles. Okay, let's go to that for a second. So there's okay. a measles. Back to measles. And people kept walking into hospitals when they had measles outbreaks. Isn't that, like, yeah, aren't you not supposed to be in there? No. Okay. You, because you're, everyone, that becomes a site. So, like, that becomes a contact site. So everyone that was in that emergency room now has to be contacted and be like, you might have the measles, like, go under quarantine. Like, you have to, like, quarantine yourself. Oh. And so, like, the idea behind that is, like, you need to stay home, but that's not communicated. So that's why I love, like, like 811 and stuff like that. Like, call and be like, like, because, okay, here's the funny story. Like, I was, like, pretty convinced that I had the measles. Like, for, like, one day, like, I'm the person who's, like, I hear about disease. I now have that disease. But, like, I had a lot of the symptoms, but it turned out it was just the flu. But, like, still, I had a lot of symptoms, so I was convinced. So I quarantined myself and, call, and I called 811. So, like, they were, like... They called and they're like, no, like, stop being ridiculous. Like, you've never been in contact with someone that has it. But, like, no. So, like, I was pretty convinced. But that's what you have to do. You have to stay in your house, call your one. But instead, people are walking in emergency rooms and they are infecting other people. So, just get your vaccines, like, also. Like, just do it. Like, okay, so this is going to be my this little plug at advertisement. If you have any health-related issues, call 811. <laughs> I repeat, if you have any health issues, call 811. Or if it's an emergency, call 911. Um, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you have measles. What was he said? Measles? Measles. Uh, no, vaccinate your kids. Yeah, like, honestly. No. Well, that's what I was worried about. Because I, like, it was on a weekend, right? And, like, I, like, called public health. And they're, like, not there. Like, if it's, like, like you have to wait to a weekday. So, I, like, I was, like, pretty convinced that, like, 
like my parents aren't anti-vaxxers so mm-hmm, I was like mm-hmm. pretty convinced but then my mom was like well like you never know like what if you like just didn't have your second one like by accident because there's that whole host of people who like the second one didn't get like they didn't get it in middle school mm-hmm, whatever you're mm-hmm, supposed mm-hmm. to get it and so like I was like super convinced like oh, like because you never know like yeah. it's your parents what if they just forget like that's true like that's you don't true. know what your parents did like mm-hmm. 15 years ago like mm-hmm. and so like you know Make sure everyone gets vaccinated. Like, always check your vaccination record. There we go. You should have that, what's it, like the ye- little yellow book, right? Mine's yellow. I don't know what yours is. Also, why are we keeping them on paper? Like, <laughs> that's like an, okay. But so, like, this conversation is now going into something else now. Why can't I get my medical records? Or can I? No, I don't think so. Like, why? I don't, honestly, good question. <laughs> Who, I don't, yeah, really? You should be able to. Like, I went from, I went from, you know, like, I've always been on the New Brunswick medical system, then I lived in two years in Ottawa, so I was on the Ontario one. So my doctor, when I got back here, was like, send me your medical records from, uh, so I called them, one, that cost money, it cost like $100 to get your medical records sent over. Wow. Two, it came in a CD. Like, this was two <laughs> years ago. Like, like, I don't have a CD port in my thing. And then also, it had a password on it that they didn't tell anyone about. Like, it had a secret password on it that they didn't tell my family doctor. So, like, we finally got it worked out. But, like, also, like, stop sending things on CDs, please. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, and so, it just baffles me all the things that happen. And, like, I don't... Like, I have that CD now. They're like, we don't need this. Like, I'm not... I don't know if you have a CD... And but I don't have the password, like so I don't even know. That's a good question. Do you have ac- Do you have legal access to your own medical records? And that's the thing. Like I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think you can. So like that's I think a your problem. doctor could show you if you asked. Okay, I don't, have, I don't have a doctor. It's another problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I, I have hope. Find a nurse practitioner. That's true. That is so true. We need more nurse practitioners in New Brunswick. That's a big thing. Okay. Because doctors are great and doctors can do so much but there aren't enough of them mm-hmm. and nurse practitioners can do a lot of the same things they can write you prescriptions they can do certain diagnosis they can make referrals because that's a big part you mm-hmm. go to see a doctor because you want to be referred to a specialist because mm-hmm. family doctor doesn't know everything so they're going to refer you to a lot of specialists and a nurse practitioner can do the same thing boom yeah there we go okay so plug into post-secondary education how how does pse play into all of this the way that I see PSC playing this the most is the best example I'll give you is nursing. So, like, if you want to be a nurse in New Brunswick, you need to go through post-secondary education. You want to be a doctor, you got to go through post-secondary education. So, it plays a big role in it, and it plays a big role in whether or not we're going to keep people here. Like, for example, like, the government eliminated the timely, was it, time, no, no, what's the, that cap, like the $32,000 cap. Uh, timely, timely completion benefit. Yeah, yeah, that one. They eliminate that. And At the end of the year. So, folks, <laughs> you, if you need, get in there, apply to the website. The link will be in the bio. It ends at the end of December 31st, 2019. Sorry. No, that's good. Because <laughs> especially for medical students, apply for that because you definitely have more than 32000 worth of debt. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that keeps people here. Like, if you're a medical student, like... I'm sorry, you're probably not going to stay here for the pay or for the opportunities. Like, yeah, we do have a lot of great opportunities, like, especially here in St. John, St. John Regional, like, has as a hub for, you know, cardiac, oncology, like, so many things. But 
like what's going to motivate someone to stay here who goes to medical school here in New Brunswick and it, you know they're not going to stay here if they can make more money somewhere else and they're going to pay off that big debt so mm-hmm. cutting that you're going to lose people mm-hmm. right off the bat right mm-hmm. off right from there and I just think that that's a big failure of the PSC sector mm-hmm. and of this government is that they have cut those kind of benefits to keep people here and same thing right now the nursing system is really weird i'll say that it's okay. we we don't have a nursing shortage in new brunswick that's what is confusing i'm raising my eyebrow yeah, right now because that's something that people don't understand we have a nursing shortage in areas in new brunswick other areas there's too many nurses mm-hmm. so for example in fredericton um there are a surplus of nurses and that's why do you remember when that came out when that, they were talking about that they're like we have a nursing shortage and then people nursing students in Fredericton were like no like I can't get a job like how can there be a shortage and I can't get a job mm-hmm. they couldn't get a job because they wouldn't leave Fredericton mm-hmm. there's open seats here in St. John for nurses okay but they didn't want to leave but then that's why I think that's why I think post-secondary education plays a big role like why can't if there's so many seats mm-hmm. and no jobs in Fredericton, why is there so many nursing school seats there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why is there not more in St. John? And, and that's like my overarching thing that I have, when it, especially when it comes to the big cities. It's, it's like those... I look at it as, you know, all tides rise, yeah. all, all ships type approach. It's just like if... Why, like, I, I want to know why folks don't want to move down to Fredericton, like, move from Fredericton to St. John or vice versa, or how can you develop, like, a system where, you know, you could spend a few days in mm-hmm. Fredericton, spend a few days in St. John, and, like, you know, fill those type of things. Because that's expensive. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You're going to pay for someone to go back and forth. Um, that's true. But, no, it just, it just plays the question. I, I don't understand. Like, St. John has, St. John Nursing School has a much better clearance rate. Mm. than Fredericton like like St. John is performing at a way higher rate like they are clearing nurses like who pass their NCLEX like that's like the, their, their final exam mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. become an RN like we have a much better clearance rate than Fredericton mm. and I don't know why then that we're like our seats are so limited mm-hmm. um, and I don't know the whole situation like sure maybe you're not getting enough applicants here mm-hmm. but I feel like that's not the case like nursing is very competitive people go where the seats are um, but I think people are getting, like, no fault of their own. I think people are getting attached to where they go to university. And, you know, like, I, I would want to work in St. John. Like, I would, me personally, I love St. John and I want to work here. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. People love Fredericton. They want to work in Fredericton. Yeah. So they're waiting for jobs to open up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have to be practical and say, you know, we can't be... The mo- the province is putting money into the programs. Like, mm-hmm. you, what people pay for nursing is not the whole cost. Yeah. It's yeah. heavily, heavily subsidized. So the government is paying into those into those seats to get nurses and to fill seats. And if mm-hmm. they're not being filled, then is that money being used effectively? I don't know. Probably not. Mm-hmm. So it's something to look at. It's not like a single solution, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. It, I just want to, could you just like clarify, like, what is a nursing student seat? Oh, okay. So when I talk about seats, I talk about like admittance rates. So mm-hmm. like, um, for example, like we use seats for um, medical school. Mm-hmm. So we say there's like 30 seats. So that means for every year, there's like 30 openings to bring in new people, mm-hmm. and that's how many the government has like approved. Mm-hmm. So the government like regulates how mm-hmm. many seats there's going to be mm-hmm. based on like the number of of um, op- vacancies that they need. So okay. there's like 30 medical school seats. Mm-hmm. There'd be like 
I don't know, like 100 or maybe, I don't know what it is, um, nursing school seats. Those are just open positions that they can, like open, um, like open, like availability after okay. nursing okay. school. Cool, cool. Like how many students they can take every year. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Something just popped into my head. Sure. How does Dalmed play into all of this? Dalmed is, <laughs> it's, the, it's the best thing that ever happened to UBSJ. Um, <laughs> it is... It is so much better, I think, personally, to have a medical school here in St. John um, and just in New Brunswick. Like before, you would have to go to Halifax mm -hmm. to get your medical degree. Mm -hmm. And so, like, why would they come back to New Brunswick if they're being taught in Halifax? So I think it is a big piece for retention mm -hmm. is to have those seats because the government pays for them. Mm -hmm. The provincial government pays for those seats. That's why we have a super good... Like if you're a New Brunswick student, you have one of the best chances of getting into med school because we have a good amount of seats uh -huh. and a small population of people that are applying. Uh -huh. So, you know, you're doing, you have a good chance. And so it really gives New Brunswick students a great opportunity. And plus it's on, it's on a campus that has, this is, St. John is the medical campus. That's what it's becoming. It's becoming the health community campus uh -huh. because you have a hospital here. You have now the medical school. You have nursing school here. You have the allied health professionals through MBCC. So there's like respiratory therapists, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you have the general undergrads, people who are interested in healthcare and mm -hmm. looking at other routes. And, you know, we have some new things on the horizon coming from <laughs> UMBSJ as well for programs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're really focusing on that. And I think it's a really good idea. Like what, what other place would you have it where you can literally walk like 30 feet yeah. from your medical school into the hospital yeah. like that's just an amazing facility yeah. to have so if you have people here being taught in an amazing hospital that's so much more likely that they're going to stay here they're going to mm -hmm. offer jobs here they're going to be have their residency maybe here like yeah. it's such a good retention method and it just it's really great for the economy too. yeah I, I do like as an alumnus of this school like I, I do love the fact that we're finally getting an identity Mm. Um, and I, I'm really loving it. Yeah, to be honest with it's, you, it's, it's such a, it's so much easier to pull students in if you have like a focus mm -hmm. on the campus. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I don't want to isolate students. Like we also have an amazing marine biology program yeah. here, yeah. and we're all one of the few that have marine biology. Um, also, just a random idea: Why do people go to marine biology in Fredericton? There's no ocean. I don't know this question. Um, <laughs> That's always baffled me. Why to go? Why to go? To, why do you go to marine biology school if there's no ocean or there's two rivers that meet here? You know. Well, I seems mean, like the best opportunity. I mean, like I can't believe I'm actually saying this about <laughs> Fredericton, but you know, I do see the appetite of moving to Fredericton from a student's perspective. I can see that. Yeah. Because it's like there's like student housing. Yeah. It's yeah, like a student yeah, community, yeah, and yeah, I understand. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with Fredericton. I just love St. John so much, so Ooh, don't say anything bad about anywhere else. Go St. Juan. But that's the thing. I want everyone to love everyone. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I think I think some light rivalry is okay. Yeah. Like that gives you some pride of your city. This is like, true. This is true. This like, is true. I don't want any, <laughs> any violence or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. No. I, I hear you. Okay. So. I feel educated now. Like I've I've written down some notes okay, yeah. that I'm gonna like look into some more. Okay, so as we're coming towards the end of our little chat here. Oh my gosh, so short. Really? It's like we're I think we've been talking for like forty five minutes now. Oh, I don't even notice. Oh, there we go. See, I I feel like you're. 
we're having fun. So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, what would you what would you tell the general public what they need to do when it comes to the healthcare? Like, how can they be involved? How can they, you know, um, get educated? Yeah, let's look at it like this. Get started. How can someone get involved with, like, you know, the different type of things that the healthcare provides? I'd say there's there's a thousand ways to get involved, and I I don't know. My honestly, my best suggestion is to fight for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is something that I think we sometimes take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we allow it to slowly slip away and become eroded. Um, for example, the clinic in Fredericton, I love bringing that up. Uh-huh. Um, it is a huge service for not just abortion clinic, it is a huge service for um, trans folks and for just members of the LGBTQ community. Like, that's something that's really lacking in this province yeah, yeah. and you're taking away people's service and you need to fight for it. That is a perfect example of you constantly need to fight for your health care or else it will be gone. Yeah. It is it is something that's easily it's a huge behemoth of a cost. Mm-hmm. And so people love to cut into it. Yeah. And they love to put their own social and moral ideologies on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't let people do that. And and so I think that's the number one thing to get involved. I think you need to fight for your healthcare system mm-hmm. and actually fight for changes. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, you can volunteer at a hospital too. That's nice. <laughs> I, I like. You know, I was looking for volunteers, but at the same time, like, yeah, like you're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna lose our healthcare system at at, at some point. Like yeah. to something like things more and more is privatized to private companies. Like extramural programs is now privatized. Yeah. Like. Like it's slowly slipping away and becoming mm-hmm. more and more like separated and segregated, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you really have to watch that. It yeah. happens really slow, but it's like over, a slow burn. Oh yeah, over time we're gonna we're gonna wake up and be like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: you can't get abortion services in St. John. What? It's a ma- it's a big city. How's that possible? Cuts. Yeah. <laughs> also, people putting their own. Religious or moral ideologies exactly. on other people. And, and, so and then this like, do that. Yeah, this is like another thing that, that really it's the this is why I constantly talk about like public policy, mm-hmm. like just being involved, being educated, because yeah. you know, ignorance is not bliss. Um, like, you know, not under, not understanding mm-hmm. is not an excuse for not being engaged and understanding what's happening. Yeah. Because like that that's like, you know, the divide and conquer I think, mindset I think, thrives. I think that it's important to know what's going on in your healthcare system, but at the same time I don't think it's the average patient's responsibility mm-hmm. to know the intricacies of like how healthcare policy works and how your healthcare system is operating. Like you should feel safe knowing that your healthcare system is in good hands. And I think that people who manage healthcare, like I think Horizon Health, BTLAT, I think they do a good job. I think they do what they can in the circumstances that they're in. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like as a patient, like I know a lot of times like there's patient advocates for a reason and that's because you're dealing with a lot of stuff. Like you're like, honestly, like if I was a patient, like I would be worried about myself and like my uh-huh. outcome and uh-huh. like, you know, like there'd be a lot more things in your mind than like, is this healthcare system really working the best for me? So I think, yeah. I think as for everyone as just citizens, I think you need to be engaged in healthcare and fight for the services that everyone deserves. And you know, 
I think there's a lot of places that we can make improvements in policy and things like that. Just, uh-huh. just making systems clearer and just cleaner and uh-huh. just uh-huh. stuff like that. It's really yeah. there you go. All right, Patrick. I, I, I really genuinely love having conversations with you. Like, <laughs> it, it just makes my day. Uh, do you have any any last things you want to say to the universe before we end? Mm, I don't know. I think young people are going to be what changes our systems and uh-huh. and makes healthcare more accessible and affordable for everyone. And I'm excited to see things like pharmacare and you know pharmacare. What? You don't know what pharmacare is? No, what's that? It's the idea of having all pharmaceuticals covered under our health <gasps> act. Oh, I like need, I'm in an ideal world to me, I don't, I don't know, like pharmaceuticals, dentistry, mm-hmm. optometry, like that stuff is healthcare, and that's you know, like I think it, overall it's cheaper to cover it all, mm-hmm. and then you know that way people aren't having to pay out of pocket for so much. So that's my what I'm keeping an eye on from now on. Okay. Okay. All right. Patrick, this has been a very informative conversation. I feel educated. Oh, I'm glad. There's so I, much more to learn. I know, I know. <laughs> and I have my little, I have like a little okay. uh, Medicare Myths book right here, and you made fun of me a little bit. I'm sorry. My feelings are hurt. Use the internet. <laughs> I like, I am literally like a closeted 60 year old. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah I'm a 60 year old. Like, you have a thousand books. You're always like telling us, oh, do you want a book on policy? <laughs> Everyone's like, okay. everybody thinks I'm stupid every time. I'm like, <laughs> like, go away. No, it's nice. It's I like it. It's nostalgia, but at the same time, like, this is also a podcast. I don't think there's a paper copy of these transcripts. This is true. This is true. Uh, okay, so we're handing out. We're closing. Make sure you folks like, subscribe, um, give us a review, give us feedback, give us uh, topics, suggestions, and as always, peace and love. <laughs>